Hello there and welcome to my latest podcast. It's good to have you on board. Today I thought I should reflect on the New Year's commentary about travel this year and the subtext that underpins its positive review of how we are going to achieve that all-important getaway in 2023. It happens every year. It begins towards the end of any year with predictions as to what may happen in the world of travel in the year ahead. Yours truly joined this particular scramble to provide what I think are the key issues that will face holidaymakers. However, my offering is in stark contrast to similar tomes where the emphasis is usually to acknowledge a particular set of problems but to highlight destinations that will apparently become hot choices in 2023. Then, after our Christmas excesses, we settle back into seeing Easter eggs on supermarket shelves stacked next to the Valentine's Day gifts and cards. At the same time, the travel industry is gearing up for the post-Christmas spend to get their year started until December comes round again. I already have much sympathy for the many travel companies in 2023, all having faced a remarkable three years. It is difficult to imagine how many of them have survived, so who can blame them for being so optimistic? I've been attracted to a few articles so far this year, all published on the heels of what the industry calls Sunshine Saturday. This is the day when it is claimed that the first Saturday of the new year is the most popular day of the year when consumers apparently spend their money and make those all-important holiday bookings. As I recall from past years, Boxing Day used to be the day when the forthcoming year's holiday adverts appeared, followed by a rush to the many travel agencies in the days after, to lay that deposit down for that dream trip ahead. The first article talked about the method and means of attracting potential holidaymakers. It revealed that these methods were not now to be found through traditional holiday advertising, though advertising still plays an important role, but through the content-rich experiences or descriptions of a holiday destination. Such content is scattered across social media platforms, collecting data on what interests people, thus informing the producers of such content how to expand that sticky content. This is in complete contrast to the crude posts and adverts of yesteryear, which used to dominate our popular social network platforms. It's a gentler, more seductive method to capture your attention, and indeed a seductive way to get you to click through to some travel company or other travel entity. Years ago, I used to factor in regular discussions about the future of travel and its trends with my colleagues. We believed that a time would come when more sophisticated methods would be designed to attract customers. Equally, we thought that it would be not too far from a push to imagine that travel agents or travel companies would, with greater ease, showcase their brochure or holiday offerings on your TV screen, speaking to you directly from an incess in the corner, all within the comfort of your own home. 
Is that future really that hard to imagine now? Can we as consumers actually recognise the subtle approaches that we already received to tempt us into that far-flung destination? Perhaps consumers have become so comfortable with the ease and use of technology, they've become unaware of how holidays are marketed, all the subtlety of pester power that follows your viewing habits, and how they are being sold. It's a reasonable question, because in the midst of this selling process, an important financial decision is taken by consumers each year. And we perhaps forget to carry out a greater research into the holiday product and to ask salient questions on your rights in the transaction or what happens if something goes wrong with that holiday product. Being a savvy consumer is not all about the price. It's about belting and bracing the issues before you part with that hard-earned cash and that's just an important set of considerations in 2023 as any other. And talking of cash, this brings me back nicely to Sunshine Saturday. In one article I read, which sought to measure the success of this important day in the travel industry's calendar, we are able to get a sense of that almost immeasurable optimism. The day produced positive responses from sections of the travel industry, which was summarised as producing the observation that demand was high, with bookings surging in early January. And from the industry, comments that were made included, while average prices were up, the extra costs were not discouraging people from booking. And consumers are not foregoing their holidays. They are doing absolutely everything they can to afford a holiday. Travel companies presented the bounty of their experience on Sunshine Saturday as producing bookings which were apparently up on January 2022 by 30%, 5-fold, 70%. But some companies declined to reveal their own figures, simply declaring that they had an ambitious programme in the year ahead. The article notes that consumers are apparently booking higher-value holidays, but it also acknowledges that there is a steady demand for staycations. The article concludes, however, by advising that there are less package holidays and flights now than there were available in 2019. These latter observations reflected exactly what I was saying or predicted during the Brexit and pandemic years and up to the end of last year. That being, the recovery would be slow, which I based on airline and travel industry expectations, that staycations would reign supreme and that the capacity available would be less and would attract a premium on price. But on top of these events, the arrival of Ukraine and political ineptitude has delivered a dreadful cost-of-livings crisis. This has been further underpinned by further articles demonstrating that direct train services to Paris are carrying 30% fewer passengers. And we learned that in December 2022, airfares rose by 44%. We saw that research from which spoke to the reality of rising package holidays, 
For example, sizing that trips to Greece and Spain on a seven-night holiday was now 200 to 116 pounds more expensive, respectively. Indeed, when I tried to organise a 30-hour trip to Antwerp recently, I was shocked by the high prices. Not in Belgium, but to get to Belgium from the UK and its associated costs, along with the frequency or availability of services. It didn't matter which way I tried to organise the trip, the travel elements presented potential costs of between £550 to £700. Now, prior to 2016, I would have expected to pay no more than one-third of that total. As a result, I simply cannot justify the cost, no matter how much I wanted to go there. It must be an experience and a consideration on the minds of many consumers. But my greatest fear, particularly when you read that consumers are doing absolutely everything they can to afford a holiday, along with the rapid rise of prices in trying to secure that getaway, is that consumers will be tempted to put the cost of a holiday on a credit card or cards or through a loan, all likely attracting a high interest rate which they could probably ill afford. I am certain we will hear stories of consumers who decided to secure that getaway through those means and the consequences that follow for them. Then in another holiday article, I saw that it declared holiday boost as EU delays fingerprint checking. Now I confess when I read the article, I imagined that holidaymakers across the country cried out in one voice their thanks to the gods that the EU's entry and exit scheme had been delayed and that could make that booking and go on that holiday. But the truth is that because of the Brexit chosen by the UK, British holidaymakers are considered as coming from third-party countries and as such are subject already to greater passport checks, as many UK holidaymakers discovered in 2022. Now, despite the fact that the entry-exit system and the ETS visa scheme will now come into force by the end of 2023, holidaymakers were faced through the headline that they should abandon their reservations about travelling and make that holiday booking. But of course, if they do, they will still experience the long queues of passport control, whatever the positive spin in this headline. It all comes back to my opening comments, that consumers should be aware of the pattern of selling in the idea of a destination and bringing you toward the checkout. It's about much more than that. It's also about the so-called confidence-building articles produced at this time of year, all designed, in fairness, to present a good product and service and a dream. They all pick up on the exhaustion we feel at this time of year and our long winter nights. I have no problem with this. It's about business. But on the other side of that coin rests the consumer who should not just carry out a greater research and ask relevant questions, but also recognise the pattern of how they are being influenced. 
Equally, they should pay particular attention to the world around them, the influences and trends of that world, and how it ultimately affects their pockets, particularly in these difficult times. There's a lot to think about. As we ponder what to do or where to go or not go, we should make the recognition that those who are managing to get away are on the whole able to do so because most have that all-important disposable income in their pockets. But for millions of others, they don't have that luxury. As the UK exited the European Union, they did so in the midst of a debate on social tourism, manifested through the EU's Calypso project, which the UK took part in, to provide travel opportunities for those of limited means, usually to holiday destinations in the low season. Whilst the project is now in abeyance, it nonetheless presents for an onward discussion to make tourism an inclusive product for all, an important consideration in these difficult times. For UK citizens, now witnessing the actions of our Taking Back Control Parliament, there is no discussion about social tourism as part of any desire to level up. Consumers of limited means are left to their own devices. As they see all these headlines, they probably feel uncomfortable or even angry that they are not able to buy the good times. Their choices are likely to involve paying the mortgage and choosing between heating and eating. As we sit back in our seats up there in the white blue yonder, we should think about those that have been left behind by the crises in our world, along with its impact on the many travel companies. Until the next time, take care.